Hello and welcome to another episode of I Know I Love, the podcast where I, Kevin, talk about all of the things that I know that I love in the world of entertainment, from music to movies to television shows and the occasional video game. So I had my off week last week, as I've mentioned uh, before about a month ago. Um, pretty much the pattern of the podcast are typically going to be like, I might do like three in a row and then have like an off week like per month or Um, at least try to take off like one week per month just to kind of catch up on some things. It's been going pretty well. Um, I had like a really good stream of like three, uh, really solid podcasts with really good feedback. And so we're just starting over the rounds with music. So this is music week. And, um, I mean, I always love talking about all of the things that I'm talking about, but like, I really love to be able to talk about the band that I'm talking about today just because it's so easy when you're like like when it's a band that you followed for like a really long time especially it's like I could talk for hours and hours and hours um, about the band that I'm talking about today just because they're literally one of my favorite bands probably like I would say at least in my top five current bands out there just because they're that good and consistent and it's like when you buy their albums it's like you don't even have to worry worry or wonder is it going to be good is no no it's going to be good because it's always good and that is the band the cribs um i am a huge fan of the cribs i've loved them for a very long time however my discovery of them was kind of weird which i'll get to in a few minutes but first just some background about this band so the band comprises of primarily three members. Um, they've had some guest, uh, you know, members in the past, but primarily it consists of three brothers. Um, the youngest being Ross Jarman, who is the drummer for the band. Then there's the twins, Gary and Ryan Jarman as well. So it's like typically these three members, Johnny Marr, who is amazing, um, of the Smiths, obviously, um, was a member of this group, um, between like the 2008 and 2011 era of them pretty much as like, as like a guest member. I don't think he was ever going to be like a member forever. Um, but he toured with them and like wrote a lot, especially on like, I believe it was their fourth album, ignore the ignorant. Um, and, uh, yeah, so he's, he was prime, he was a band for member for a while, but now we're kind of back to like the main three. And, um, then they have, of course, other touring members, like for extra guitar work and things like that for their live shows. They pretty much were starting as a band from like 2001 to presently. So almost pretty much, well, actually, yeah, 20 years, we're in 2022, 20 years. Um, so over 20 years, um, they've been a band together and, um, They've just been really consistent with like their album releases. They've actually, over the course of this time, they've released eight full-length albums um, between 2004 and 2020. So like that's like a lot. And like they started with their self-titled debut in 2004. In 2005, they came out with their second album, The New Fellas. Then their third album, Men's Needs, Women's Needs, whatever, was 2007. Then Ignore the Ignorant is the 2009 album. And then their fifth album was In the Belly of the Brazen Bull in 2012. For All My Sisters came out in 2015. And then 24-7 Rockstar Shit came out in uh, 2017. And then most recently in 2020, 2020, they came out with Night Network. So I will be later going through like each of those albums because there's a lot to talk about each of them. Like I can't uh, talk about the Cribs without kind of specifically kind of like, you know, walking through each of their albums because they really are special in their own individual ways, which is kind of unique for this band. 
So as I mentioned before, um, normally my discovery for bands is pretty straightforward. Like I, you know, hear a song or something and I come across the video or something and I, and I, you know, just buy the album and I'm a fan, you know, um, with the cribs, it was not that easy. And I don't know why. And I, I've done a lot of reflection on this because I listen to them all the time. Like this is a band that I like, well, I'm always listening to the cribs. Like, like regularly they are like on my, um, in my car, like on my headphones, like this is just a band that I just love that much. Um, but I would say like in the early, like mid two thousands, there was this huge flow of just like amazing music and rock bands coming out. Like those early 2000s, mid 2000s years, it was just so many great UK bands. There was like the New York scene and like the United States, like so many great bands, tons of which I haven't even like scraped the surface of talking about yet, um, on this podcast. But I basically used to read, um, Rolling Stone magazine a lot, um, of the time. And I remember in 2007 coming across the review for men's needs, women's needs, whatever, um, in Rolling Stone magazine. And it was a favorable review. And I thought the cover was cool. It's kind of like this sort of, um, sort of like little sepia basically, um, tone of picture and this couple, it looks kind of like, um, almost like it's got like a forties feel to it. Like it looks like they're in front of like a movie theater or something. Um, it just was pretty, it was a cool artwork and I, and that's always a draw for me. Like when I see an album cover, like a lot of the time that alone can bring me in to be like, what is this band about? Like, let me go check them out, whatever. Um, so I remember reading the review because of that and it sounded like completely right up my alley, just from what the way they were describing the band and the music. I was like, yeah, this sounds like something I would like. So I remember listening to, um, their scene or their first single off of that album men's needs. And I was like, holy crap, they're, they're like amazing. Like it's just got this really, um, really slick, like guitar work, um, throughout, like really a lot of just like quick strumming but like it's it just goes in and out with like the melody um and it's just like a super catchy song but like very just like in your face like from like the first like two seconds um and it was just really great and i remember being like wow this sounds really good but like something was like i was like immediately obsessed with the song but like for whatever reason i was just hesitant to buy the album because i'm like mm, i don't know if the rest of the album is going to be like this good cuz this song is like really good and like i don't know if it was maybe certain albums i had kind of purchased at the same time that like they would release a single and the album was kind of like meh um and i just was like not willing to take the risk for whatever reason and so it was like years went by um and i just didn't buy it and so eventually like i remember coming across like ignore the ignorant um, their fourth album in a store, I listened to a couple songs. I was like, yeah, this is still really good, but I don't know if I want to like invest in this band. I don't know because I don't know. <laughs> and so, um, it probably wasn't until I would say about 2010 to 2011 that I just was like, okay, I need to just give this band a chance and just like, cause they have so many albums at this point that like they're, they, they just must be doing something right because they're still around and like, I don't know. So I ended up going directly back to their third album, Men's Needs, Women's Needs, whatever, because that was the song that their single Men's Needs was on that like drew my attention in the first place. And holy crap, like that album, all of their albums are amazing, but that album, it was just like from track one, it's just like, whoa, like, and it, the entire album is like that. Like, you're just like sitting there like, okay, what song is next? Because like that one was amazing. 
So I want more, 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 more. <laughs> so from then on, I was like a true fan. And it was really, it actually worked out in a way because um, like they had already had four albums out around this time. So like I spent like months literally just like, first of all, I spent like tons of time just on their third album alone. And then I went, was able to kind of go backwards. I was like, okay, let's start from the beginning. So I started from their debut album and then I worked my way up to um their second album the new fellas and then i jumped over to ignore the ignorant and by the time i was done with all of that it was like almost around 2012 and like um the in the belly of the brazen bull was coming out so like i was already ready for like (laughs) like all of these albums um just it just it was like constant cribs music for me because like the the timing of everything just worked out where I had all of these albums to experience like all at the same time. And it was just like, where have I been since like 2004? Because all, there was so many bands that like would get mentioned um, in reviews and things I would watch and the the Cribs name would always come up, but I was always like, I don't know, like if I'm going to like them and they were like, they probably like, I would have totally been a fan from the beginning had I just like stuck to my guns and like just committed to, to trying I, I I think probably what it was was that I was probably I, I'd have to go back and look at some albums that came out like around that time that I know that I did purchase at like when when I heard their third album the single the men's needs and everything I'd have to go back to that time because there must have been some form of albums coming out that I was just kind of like meh about and that's probably why I didn't want to invest in the cribs so my apologies you guys are amazing and i am like literally a huge fan of the cribs like they are like i said they are literally in my top five bands like currently current bands of all time like that are still working that are still making albums and everything so um it was just a very strange way to kind of discover them there is one other band that i can think of that i had a similar situation which i'm not going to talk about today but that will be in a later podcast but um also a UK band, but like, um, the cribs is definitely one that I am constantly listening to that. It's just like, when I think about the way that I discovered them, I'm like, I cannot believe, like, I almost like never gave them a chance. Like I never just like, it it, like almost didn't happen. And had I just not like taken the chance, it just may never have. So I would have been missing out on some amazing music. So now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's get into the standout components. What makes the Cribs so amazing? One of the things that I haven't talked about that I realized, and it's kind of like one of the reasons why I wanted to talk about this band specifically, because I haven't talked talked a lot about um, a lot of guitar, like like really guitar heavy bands. Um, but that was one thing that inspired me to kind of talk about the Cribs now, having kind of looked at some of the music I've discussed and everything. And one of the standout components with the Cribs right off the bat is the very, very sharp guitar playing um, by Ryan Jarman. Like, I think he might be one of the greatest, like, current guitarists, like, right now. Like, I think just because, like, the, the way that he writes and, like, the hooks that he creates and, like... He has, uh, I mean, there's a, there's like a lot of music that I really love, um, just like in all varieties. Like, I mean, I've talked about synth pop. I've talked about like a little more indie, like lo-fi stuff. Um, but like when it comes to really, really good guitar bands, um, they can sometimes be hard to find when it comes to, if you're looking for like bands that are also making great albums, like there's a lot of good guitar bands that have like good singles, but then when you listen to the album, you're kind of like, okay. 
But like the cribs in general have a way of just like writing very consistently strong, catchy, like just really great songs and thus making a strong album. And part of that is Ryan Jarman's guitar playing. It's just this really phenomenal way where he has he's like technically amazing, obviously, to be able to play the way he does, but he also he has a knack for like being able to simplify and complicate sounds of his guitar when it is necessary. And this gets married with his band's sort of ability to also write catchy hooks. And so it makes for like a really strong like band recipe in that way because it's all about editing oneself. And like sometimes there's a lot of bands that like, you know, they have someone who's like super technically savvy with their instrument or whatever. And like that's the focus and it's so much focus is centered around that. But like I do think the Cribs do really well individually um, with each each member where like they each feel like a very strong contributor to the songs. And it's not very common, especially nowadays, um, to have such a strong band where like a lot of the guitar work really does help power the band through such consistent album making like it's it's very um it's a really beautiful thing really because there's this there's this kind of like do-it-yourself approach that they have um the cribs i mean because like just the way that their albums are put together the way the songs are sequenced like it's very like punk and post-punk and everything which i'm going to get into a moment but like it's just really really well done like where it's not just like throwing random things together like everything is very thought out um, and part of that is again, the guitar playing by Ryan Jarman, um, who's just like amazing, like as a guitarist and like all of the members are great at their instruments. Um, but they're just a really, they're, I mentioned the guitar because like, it's, it's very rare to find such a strong, like guitar driven band as this one. Um, another standout component, um, that I think is worth mentioning is, um, you know, they have their post-punk punk pop sensibilities in general um i would say that true genuine thought um really does go into every single album that they create and i'm just gonna kind of run through each album and kind of the way that i would sort of categorize it or like what what kind of spaces it out from maybe the other ones so and and again every one of these albums is like like amazing like i i i have i will literally listen to every album off and on for different reasons because they all offer something unique so starting with their debut album um there this is just the 2004 it's a self-titled debut album um there's definitely like a low finest to this album like there's some really good guitar work in there but the songs are very straightforward um really catchy same it's very really good hooks like but you can kind of see like the trajectory of where they're heading if you like started with the album like you can see like where they could possibly go um if they were to kind of just like you know expand even more on that which is exactly what happens so it's a great album straightforward song straightforward hooks the new fellas is their second album and this is where we get some stronger like singles especially but also heavier work heavier production more more guitar heavy a lot of back and forth between gary and ryan kind of like they they often will bounce off each other vocally so like sometimes gary will sing the song sometimes ryan will sometimes they both do um and they do a lot of playfulness with that on the second album and um it's just kind of like a heavier sound 
Then you get into men's needs, women's needs, whatever. From my understanding, this is where they were able to get... Um, they were signed to Warner Brothers for this one, and then they were also signed to Wichita um, in the UK as well during this album. But Men's Needs, Women's Needs, whatever, has like in that sort of like indie sound, but it's very crisp production. And it, from, it was produced actually by Alex Capranos from Franz Ferdinand. And it's almost like where we had the hooks in the first two albums, like they're so in your face for this third album. Like, not even just vocally vocal hooks but like there's just so much amazing drumming on this album there's so much amazing like um melodic moments and just the guitar work is just outstanding um and it's probably got some of their best singles i think across the board um just beginning to end this album is just like really crisp in its production and it's all it's just like i would define it as just a little bit more um, just a crisper version of like their first two albums, but they were, it, it sounds like everything makes sense. Like there's nothing that kind of gets thrown out from left field where you're like, where did this kind of song come from? Like it's all there in the beginning from their first two albums and they've just arrived with this like crisper sound. Um, and then ignore the ignorant is when they had, um, Johnny Mara as one of the members as a fourth member rather. And Ignore the Ignorant is definitely, I would say it's their most like full sounding album, like where they have, because they have now two guitarists um, pretty much in every song, a lot of the rhythm guitar sections um, just kind of like fill a little bit more of the space. I think it's definitely their, I wouldn't call it their heaviest album. I would call it their fullest album. Like it, when you, especially when you listen to it on headphones, it really just like fills the space. Um, you don't hear as much of like a men's needs, for example, there's a lot of like single string, you know, guitar picking with some like dissonance, you know, strings, uh, strumming thrown in here and there on that album. And on ignore the ignorant, you don't hear a lot of that. It's, it's like very like full chord playing or like just like the, the drumming is a little bit more, um, heavy and like surrounds the space. Um, so that's kind of how that album works out. And then in the belly of the brazen bull, this is where they kind of went back to a three-piece uh, band, and it's it's a very metal-sounding album, which I love. Like I love it because it's like they just went from because they went kind of from this like really full rhythmy section, and then they went like full-on you know metal. There's a lot of really really crazy amazing, um, just banger songs in in the belly of the brazen bull. For all my sisters, that kind of gets some metal uh, work as well with some, I would say some of their more pop songs, like a lot of the guitar um, hooks on this one are just very like instantly accessible, um, which is great. And then 24 seven rockstar shit is like one of their most punk albums. I mean the title alone, obviously, but like it is just very, very, very do it yourself sounding, um, just very gritty and like just does not stop like it just like hits you over the head with just like really great like punk sounding songs and then night network most recently their 2020 album is probably their most conceptual like i was actually very surprised with that album how chill it was like it really has a lot of like um intricate uh production things going on there's a lot of like um, it's not, it doesn't sound like the Beach Boys, but there's a lot of like Beach Boys-esque things like sounds and different, just weird, um, things kind of in the background of some of the songs. And it's a very like chill album for the Cribs. There's still like, you know, like some heavy moments, 
but night network in general i think that's kind of the the concept is it's a very like night sounding album if that makes sense um and like when i heard it i was just like huh like but then when you think of it in terms of like their catalog in general up to that point it does make sense to have an album kind of like sort of just to slow things down and to sort of show their like more beautiful um intricacies that this band in general has which I don't think you'd be able to do as well if every song was like really heavy, like a lot of their previous work. So I think having a more like chill, um, just like evening sounding album with some more like indie style production things going on, I think um, I think it's a good thing. And I think that especially and I think of I mean, I've never seen them live yet, but I'm like that's they're literally like my number one band that I like am desperate to see live. Um, but uh when I do see them live, I imagine also the night network stuff is going to mix well with like all of the like heavier things. So it, I, they, I feel like, I mean, and maybe I'm wrong, but I just, the way that they're, they've gone, I really do think that their cribs really think about everything that they've done and like kind of where they should be heading or like what, what feels like genuine and natural in terms of direction to head into. Um, the last thing, the standout component is something that I don't often talk about because it doesn't apply to like, I I don't think it's something necessary that I would consider to be that important when it comes to music in general, but it's the band members themselves. And what I mean is, um, ultimately like, you know, these three brothers, they're actually like likable people. Like I've seen them in like interviews and stuff and like, they seem like just really like humble people. It could just be maybe because they're a family and they're like in this band together, but they really seem like a very like humble group. Like considering like their last, you know, four albums um, in the UK have charted at like the top 10. I mean, so they're still doing something that like people care about. And with all of that, like amazing success and just like, just, you know, huge status when it comes to like what they're achieving, I mean, they themselves seem very like, you know, just chill. Like they seem, they don't seem like it's gotten to their heads. They don't seem like, you know, they're not getting lazy with the album making. They're just like throwing crap out there. I mean, they're still putting like, they still, they see, they still seem to care about putting quality albums out there for their fans. And like that also challenges themselves with new ideas. I mean, for them to come out, I mean, for their eighth album to be Night Network, And for that to be the product of it, I mean, this is a band that's literally like, they're really listening to themselves, but also kind of thinking, okay, like what would our fans kind of, you know, be able to stick with us and like also give us a chance to experiment, which is kind of the perfect thing you want um, in a band. You know, you want to be able to kind of try different things out, but also trust that your fans are going to be there, which their fans are very loyal. So yeah, we are. (laughs) So overall, just what makes this band great. Number one, the songs. The songs um, pretty much in every album are great. Every song is great. Um, You can literally jump around to um, every album, depending on like your mood. I mean, there is literally something unique on each album. Um, As I had gone through them earlier, like if you're in the mood for something like super heavy and just like you know, just blaring, you know, with guitar work and just really heavy sounding um, songs. I mean, I would probably listen to like Belly and the uh, the Belly and the, of the Brazen Bull album. 
um, something catcher with that sort of in mind for all my sisters. Like there is literally just every, every album they, every song rather they make um, is just really thought out and just, they don't just slap something together. I mean, they do come out with albums very quickly. Um, it seems like every couple years they're coming out with something new, but it's also good. Like, it's also like their, their ability to edit themselves and to really just like hone in on like what makes this song interesting and like what does this song particularly need and what does it not need um that's just something from an, a very experienced band that is just really hard to find um a lot in today's music um also their ability to stay important and current um there's a ton as i mentioned you know there's a ton of bands out there but the cribs really just keep doing their own thing like they don't they they don't buy into just like the easy way out they sometimes you know they'll come out with like i do think night network feels like i said it's their most conceptual but then like the album before that um 24 7 rockstar shit like that album literally is so like punk it's so quick and there's this like sense of urgency throughout the entire thing and yet it still feels like quality work went put like put it got put into it so um it just it's really like all about you know having these you know, abilities to edit themselves. They also have this fan base. I think that's just really loyal because like they keep putting out consistently good quality music. Um, and that therefore like the music itself continues to have like a successful following, not because, Oh, it's like the cribs, not because of who they are, but because of how good this band actually is. Like they're a big, well-known band, particularly in the UK, but like they haven't let it go to their heads. Like they're not they're not taking a break to be lazy about it. They're still like, okay, let's put out quality work, and like that's what's happening. Finally, um, each member also I feel like really has a voice within this band. And there's a lot of bands I'm going to talk about um, that have this going on as well. But I like a lot of the times, as I mentioned, like the vocals can be shared. Um, you know, there'll be like a cool guitar part, bass part, or drum part. Sometimes. Um, certain songs have all of those three components within each of them. But I also think this band does a good job of like giving each member like their own spotlight throughout all of the albums. Like it's not that like, I feel like, okay, like this is like, you know, this band member is like the star of this album, this band member, like every album gives all of these members of this band a chance to really shine. And I think that it just shows um, just how each member is just a really completely necessary piece of really what makes them great and like what makes their songs so good and like the way the songs are sequenced and like the albums are put together. Like if you take any of these members away, it's like it's not going to work because they each contribute such strong um, like ideas to each each thought out song. And so, um, as I mentioned, like I could talk for hours about this band and, uh, you know, I really have enjoyed talking about them, um, for this podcast. I was, I, they've been on my list since like day one that I even came up with the idea of doing a podcast just because they're one of my favorites. Um, if you have not checked out the cribs, um, ever before, please do so. They're just so good. Like they just are just a really, they're just one of those really great rock bands that just is like no nonsense. Um, and their albums are just really, really great. Um, and so check them out if you've not already. And all of that, as I mentioned, is why I know I love the Cribs. And until next week, thanks again for listening.
Thank you for listening to the I Know I Love podcast. If you like what you heard, please follow me, Kevin Craddock, on Instagram at I Know I Love Podcast. Here you can find current information and links to future episodes as they are produced. Thanks again for listening.